Well, what a great Christmas carol that one is. Even if for regular human beings like most of us are, it's a bit of a stretch or we need surgery uh, because of the huge range. It's such a beautiful tune, but it's more than a beautiful tune. It's a powerful message, isn't it, about God's grace, about why Jesus came, about the uh, the ways that he calls us to change in light of his character and what he's done for us. But there's a line in it that really struck me this year. Uh, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And I'm sure you'd all agree that the world is feeling particularly weary at the moment with everything that's happened this year, with COVID and everything's going on. Uh, I don't know if you feel that weariness too. Uh, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Joe, I, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. I just want to be done with it and forget about it. We're tired. I'm tired. I assume you're tired. Why is the world weary though? What if we reflect on it? Well, it's weary because uh, of the shared problem that we've all had to face together this year. The pandemic has not just affected a few families or a few people or, or a couple of towns or even a few countries. It's a, a worldwide phenomenon that we've had to face with this pandemic. The world's weary because of all the restrictions. People really don't like being told what to do, do they? Uh, you're probably tired of all the stay home, mask up, only go out to exercise, don't spend time with people, particularly in crowds. If you do go out, you've got to keep your distance. No singing, no sharing, no nothing. It's emotionally isolating as well as being physically isolating and perhaps you're feeling weary from that. But it's not just been isolating, it's been mentally taxing. Uh, more thought has just had to go into every single outing, every single thing that we do, when we're going, the planning ahead, the, the thinking of contingencies. Uh, even something as easy as Christmas shopping has been mentally taxing, more so than usual. When you can go out to the shops and not being caught in the big presses of people and what to buy. There's a bunch of stuff this year that you just can't buy people because it's COVID inappropriate. Uh, things that you may have bought back in the January sales, things like the Twister set I was going to give to my family. You can't play Twister in COVID. Uh, or the fondue set that I was going to get for my family. Well, I can't get that anymore because they'd be dipping and sharing the same thing. Or, you know, that tandem skydive I was hoping to receive from someone. Well, that'd be too much touching. But on a more serious note, think of the mental energy involved in, in every part of life now with all the cleaning regimes that have got to go on. The checking in and out, the, the hand sanitizing in, out, and in between. Remembering to sneeze into your elbow rather than however you normally do it. It's taken mental energy to keep up a steady supply of toilet paper. Or worse, trying to work out how to make the existing toilet paper you've got, because there's none in the shops, stretch even further. Or, or what to do as an alternative if you do run out. Apparently the hoarding of toilet paper rolls has all started again this week with the uh, Northern Beaches uh, outbreak and there are shortages even down in Ingleburn in Woolworths uh, because of what's happened just a few days ago. What recipes can you make when you've run out of basics like pasta and milk and so on? But there's one thing that's made this world more weary than even all of those other things. The thing that has made us really tired, really weary, 
We're weary because of the fear of death. It's something that everyone fears normally when they come close to it. But this year, that fear of death has come close to us all. Watching the death tolls rising in China and Italy and in England and the USA and then hearing of things happening in Sydney and in Melbourne, the, the panic that someone might infect me if they get too close, uh, that the, the fear, particularly in the middle months of the year, that the hospitals might not have enough beds or enough staff or enough equipment, the, uh, the, if we should be infected, the fear that's gripped us, that that people were breaking protocols around us and jeopardising our country, jeopardising our state, jeopardising our city, jeopardising our suburb and even jeopardising us and our lives. In my 47 years of life, I cannot recall a time when there was such fear of being around other people because who knows if they're carriers. They might not have all the symptoms. They may be asymptomatic and so... Don't come near me because I'm really scared of what's going to happen. And it's been very interesting that despite the bravado of the way our community has spoken and thought about death in the last few years, that that it's a good thing, something you can welcome when the time comes, a natural thing, a normal thing, something to, to embrace. Now that it's real and close up and personal, we instinctively know and suspect that death is something horrible, unnatural and something worth fearing and it is fearful why is death fearful why are we caught up in this fear of death well partly it's because uh, in death we know that we lose all that we've known in this world we lose our things we lose our family our friends but it's also fearful because we're not confident necessarily of what lies on the other side is there something afterwards how would I know about what if there is, you know, is this group right or that claim right? Am I prepared for whatever's on the other side? Is God there? Well, if he's there, will he be pleased with me? Will, will he let me into his heaven if that's there? It, if we're really honest with ourselves, there's really no reason uh, he ought to let us in, is there? Not when we've been living life for ourselves, living the way we've been doing it. Not when we've ignored our creator or just given lip service to him that he's there, but then got on with enjoying life, you know, with, without him being number one, with me being number one instead. That, that's, that's the heart of what the Bible calls sin, actually. And, and the sin is why it's fearful for us to face death. The Bible puts it this way. The sting of death is sin. Sin's what makes it hurt so much. The reason the thought of death it hurts so much is because judgment might well be awaiting us on the other side of it. And if it is, then we know deep down that we're not going to stack up. As our passage in Hebrews puts it, we are slaves to the devil. We're slaves because we believed his lies. The same lies that he's been telling right since the start of creation, the start of the Bible, that, that God hasn't revealed himself clearly enough or, or he hasn't told us exactly what he wants. It's a bit uh, murky. Uh, or that God's not going to do anything about us living for ourselves if we just ignore him. Or, or that life will be better, that we'll be like God ourselves if we just take charge and do what we want and live our way. We think 
that that's what true freedom looks like, being able to decide for ourselves and make a life for ourselves. But actually, it's slavery because lies are always a trap, right? And the devil's lies have trapped us, they've enslaved us. But here's the good news of Christmas, the fantastic news, why it is that a weary world can rejoice. Did you hear it in our passage? Why did Jesus, who is God, come into the world and become one of us? Well, Hebrews uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 explains, Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. Jesus came to free us. That's why he came here. Uh, Not to free us from COVID, but to free us from something much worse. Save us from the thing that's led to a world where there are things like sickness and suffering and discord. That very sin that enslaved us, that's what he's come to free us from. Now, how does he do that? How can he, a guy who was here 2,000 years ago, possibly help us and free us and, and give a weary world rest, give them hope, give us joy. Well, let's walk through it in, in our passage here. We're told in verse 14 that, that he shared our flesh. In the chapter before, in chapter 1 of Hebrews, we're told that Jesus, before this happened, was, was divine. Chapter 1 says he's the Son of God, the Son who is the exact radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That is, Jesus isn't a guy who just got in touch with God, who was enlightened and somehow went beyond what other humans normally do, like Buddha was said to have been. You know, he kind of transcended his normal humanness and understood and became at one with the universe, with his God consciousness. And No, he's not what the New Age gurus say that we can all do, that we can all be enlightened like that. No, it was the other way around. Jesus was God who took on flesh. He wasn't flesh who somehow got in touch with the divine. He was God become flesh. Now, why is that important? Why would he do that? Why would God become a man? Is it because he was bored? You know, kind of got to out and about a bit, need to stretch my legs. Did he Did he just want to pop down and have some company for a change? Was he wondering what was going on down here because he couldn't see from from a distance and so just turned up and came for a look-see himself, bit of an adventure? No, God became man, we're told, for, for three reasons in our passage in Hebrews 2. Three reasons. So he could suffer as one of us, so he could be tempted as one of us, so he could die as one of us. He came to suffer as one of us in verse 10. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvations perfect through sufferings he came to be tempted as one of us in verse 18 for since he himself has suffered when he was tempted he's able to help those who are being tempted and he came to die as one of us in verse 14 now since the children have flesh and blood in common jesus also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death it's amazing isn't it? it's mind-boggling that god should so care for us that he would do that, that he would come into this world to suffer, 
to be tempted as we are and to die. But why did it take him having to do that to save us from sin and death and and give relief to this weary world? Well, because it's only God who could possibly pay for our sin. Who else? Even if there was a, a perfect person out there who, who could possibly pay for, for anyone else's sins, let alone the sins of us all. But it's only fair and right that it's a human that pays because we're the ones who've walked away from God. And so here is God become man suffering in our place. Tempted like we are, though he never succumbed to sin like we do all the time. He did what we couldn't do and, and walked perfectly through the temptation and even suffered because of it. Particularly, he suffered as he died on the cross where he went to pay for us. Dying as a sacrifice for us to pay the debt we owe. Dying as a substitute for us in our place. Dying as our representative who understands us completely who can sympathize with us because he knows what it's like to be human and and he knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be suffer and he even knows what it's like to die, dying to rescue us. All kinds of man-made religions have taught that we can earn our way to God, that we earn our way by doing good, by giving money, by sacrifice, or lots of kinds of sacrifice, animals, even children in, in the past, all kinds of sacrifices we need to make in order to earn our way to God, to prove ourselves to him. I tell you, make as many sacrifices as you want and you'll never be able to pay off your debt before God, no matter what the sacrifices may be. Only God coming and sacrificing himself would ever be enough. And it is enough. He has done it. He has done it in his love, in his grace, in his mercy. He's done it for us. That's why he came. That's why there's a a thrill of hope. right? That's why a weary world rejoices. Because Jesus has come and he has paid for us. And you can know it because he's alive again. Death has been conquered. Forgiveness is on offer and there's now hope even beyond death that we could not have without him. We could not have on our own. And there is joy and there's life now in knowing God is for us and he is with us and he stands beside us and he's with us even in the 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 panic and the difficulties of life such as we've seen this year in close proximity. That, that's why when he came, the angels announced to the shepherds that something wonderful was happening in Bethlehem. I bring you, they said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people for today in Bethlehem a saviour has been born. That's why the wise men travelled to see this wondrous thing across half the world. The king of kings has been born. It's why the shepherds in the field by night rushed off and left their flocks unattended because something wondrous had occurred. The one we need had come. That there was peace now on offer between God and humanity. And it's why we celebrate today. Because Jesus, God become man, has come to free us from our slavery, to defeat Satan, the great liar, who's led us into such stupidity by his lies that we could ever think we'd be better off without God and to free us who all of our lives were 
held captive by a fear of death. Now that he's come, there's nothing to be afraid of, even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary, and we're weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. In some ways, I'm very glad for COVID this year because it's a wake-up call. It's an alarm bell from God that, that all is not right in the world. A reminder that life matters. A reminder that death is certain. And a reminder that we need Him more than anything else that we have. Have you come to the Saviour, Jesus, and and found forgiveness for your sins? Have you found in him hope for your future? Have you found rest for your weary soul? That's not only a gift for a year of COVID, a COVID-appropriate gift, unlike Twister and Fondue and things. It's the best gift you could ever receive. I pray that this Christmas, God might grant you the true joy of not only of a day off, not only of feasting with friends and family, but the true joy of knowing your sins forgiven, of having a new start with God, that truly would be a Merry Christmas. God bless everyone. I'll just finish with the Merry Christmas. I can do it again. Oh, sorry, it's a paragraph back to this one. So I'll just do that last paragraph again. How do you want it to end? Okay. All right. I pray that this Christmas... Oh, sorry, let me... I pray that this Christmas God might own... Not there. Okay, all right. That's not only a gift that's totally appropriate for a year of COVID, unlike Twister and Fondue sets and Tandem Skydives, it's the best gift you could ever receive. And so I pray that this Christmas, God may grant you the true joy, not not just of a day off, which is great, not just of feasting with family and friends, which is wonderful, but the true joy of knowing your sins forgiven and having a new start with God and having rest for your weary soul. That truly would be a Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the joy and the freedom and the relief that can be ours because of Jesus. Thank you that he has suffered as a human. Thank you that he has been tempted like we are, that he understands us and sympathizes with us. But thank you he was without sin. And thank you that because of that, because of his death, He has paid for us who could not pay for ourselves. And so please help us to trust him. And we pray, please, that you might work in us that which is pleasing to you. We pray for our community, our city, our state, our country, this world in the grip of fear and panic still because of COVID. Father, we pray that even in the grip of the fear of death, they might look to you, the only one that can provide hope. 
that there'd be a great outpouring of prayer. And we pray, please, that you would uh, help us uh, to show what it's like to, to know this freedom from the fear of death and walk in your ways. And we might offer this life to those around us. And so please work in us and through us to bless others, just as you have blessed us in Jesus Christ in sending this great gift for us. Thank you for him. In his name we pray. Amen.